This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3395 for Friday, the 6th of August 2021. Today's show is entitled, Hacking Stories with Reacted, Part 1. It is hosted by Operator, and is about 33 minutes long, and carries an explicit flag. The summary is, I talk about some old 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 pen testing stories, from days old. This episode of HPR is brought to you by Archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. This is a episode of Hacker Public Radio with your host, Redacted. Today I'm going to be going over a, probably a series called Hacker Stories. Um, I will be using some voice modulation and protecting the clients and, and users that and myself that I've worked with. But um, I wanted to go over a couple of stories, um, or at least one, here on the drive that I'm doing. So, um, this first one was a school, um, a technical school, um, that was, uh, fairly, uh, fairly popular with younger generations, and I would say they're, they're a pretty big school, I think they had several campuses in the, in the city. But, uh, anyways, the, these guys wanted a physical, uh, assessment. We had done some remote stuff with them before in the past, that was pretty high level, but they wanted a full-blown physical, um, you know, uh, fishing, uh, fishing and all that good stuff. So um, I had been on my own for a while, and this was, I think, an on-my-own assessment. Um, and they had two kind of buildings or two targets. One was like a corporate or a, a home office or a school office thing where all their technical information and accounting and all the administration and all that stuff was out of, which had a few floors, about five floors or so of this taller building. And the other campus was an actual school where they had the equipment. Um, and I won't say what kind of equipment it was, but it was fairly high-end equipment for these kids to work on. Um, really cool, creative environment for people to, to test out and, and work on these different types of equipment. So we're, we're, we're talking about some pretty high-dollar stuff. Um, you had uh, goons uh, wearing uh, various colors, uh, depending on what type, type of goon they were. Um, the students had particular colors, and myself, I was supposed to get a shirt, but I never got a shirt for the school so that I would blend in with the other other students. So, um, did my you know recon about the building? Get a, did a, did a couple of drive arounds. You know they had physical cameras and physical everything. Um, you have your get out of jail card, all that stuff. The the general approach is is that you're you're given kind of some scope. 
uh, of what you can do, what you can't do, and then more importantly, what the contacts are for your get out of jailness. And you have that with a document and printed information, um, and you take that once you do get caught or if you do get caught. Um, I haven't done a whole lot of them, but when I have, they're they're quite exciting stories because the physical stuff is 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 can be quite entertaining sometimes. So that's going to try to bring bring a couple of these to you guys. So. What it ended up happening is I uh, did some recon, and um, the first time around, um, I think this was a two two year engagement. Actually, we 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 hit him first, and then we hit him a second time. So I'll go over the first time. The first time we hit him, um, I want to say, yeah. So the first time we hit him was at the regular office. It wasn't act actually at the school. It was at the administration administration office. So the point of contact there was probably two cubes away or two offices away from where I sat. So um, it was behind two layers of badge access. So if I wanted to go to the restroom, I kind of had to do it during lunch rush because I had to uh, kind of uh, piggyback two layers deep into to get back to my cube where my system was and all that stuff. So that was a bit of a predicament. Um, Physical access is usually pretty easy. What I like to do is pretend like that I'm on my phone. Um, a lot of people don't want to bother you. You're on your phone and people let you open the door. Nobody's going to interrupt your phone call. Um, and you're talking about a guy with a black backpack and spiky hair and a green, a lime green phone. Like, suspect on all, on all, on all levels, right? Um, and I never really got stopped that much. And if it was, it was because I was kind of turning up the knob too much. So physical is actually kind of cheating. It's a little too easy. And I don't have a whole lot of experience in that space anyways. But I'll go more along the story. The 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 first thing, we got there. I got there. Did some recon, looked around. Um, figured out what the floors were. Um, the first floor was where where I was told that I would, I would try to sit. Um, and again, that was behind two layers of badge access. So I got past the two layers. Um, you kind of, what you want to do is kind of go in one one room, and there's millions of books out there, but what I had success in is that kind of go into a common area, and then come out of the common area and follow someone else to a, a second staging area, a second area, or hang out in front of the door with your phone and until you can get into that second area. So I actually kind of piggybacked to get into the facility, and then I went to the break room and kind of would follow people around from the break room to the second area to where I could get to a cube. Ended up at a cube, and this guy across from me was, you know, Bob, whatever his name was. This guy, Bob, coded applications for for the support of the company. I don't know what he coded in, but he was a coder, and, you know, I talked to him and said, you know, how long he's been there and what he's been up to, and he asked me, you know, he asked me what I was here for, and I said, yeah, I'm here to do some consulting for you guys, which wasn't a lie. Um, I wasn't lying to anyone, and I try not to lie to him, uh, to people in general. Um, I just tell them what I'm there for and, and what I do. Um, and I said, yeah, I'm here to, you know, I'm consultant to do some security stuff. And, you know, he figured I had a badge and all that good stuff. Um, I don't even think I wore a badge, um, in this, during this assessment. So I plug in, set up, uh, of course I can jump straight on the network. So I kind of start my discovery efforts and go through that mess. Um, you know, kind of the quiet to loud approach is, is what, is what generally I'll end up doing. So I, I start doing my testing, I get through, I access default credentials, of course, to a box, or MSO8067, which is a XP vulnerability that's been around since the ages. 
Um, so it started out with kind of, uh, I think, a, a, a vulnerable service or default credential. Usually that's what it is. Um, password spraying, things like that. Um, so I got, I got access to that. Started looking around to get access to their Citrix environment, which was where the meat and potatoes was. Like, everything they had was in Citrix. Every app they had was inside of a Citrix app. Um, and I have very little knowledge with Citrix to that it's basically a kiosk um, that you remote into and you can kind of do stuff and you know, it's sort of a kiosk to where you can't really do much of anything except run that application. And that's the intention, but it's not often explained that you can break out of a kiosk and how easy that is. So I knew that stuff was inside of uh, this this uh, virtual, whatever you call it, the Citrix garbage. So I, I went around and started hunting around to see which users were using the application, and I, I, I kind of got lazy, right? So what I ended up doing was adding myself to, I had domain admin at this point, by um, what usually happens is you take credentials and spray them across the network. So if I have valid credentials or a valid hash for a particular system, and SMB signing is not enabled, which is very rare even today, um, SMB signing is not enabled, you can take those credentials and spray them across the network. So you can um, try to get administrator-level access and then dump those credentials to plain text if there's no AV on there, whatever. So um, I get domain admin by by getting access to several boxes and escalating from there straight to domain admin. Um, I started to add myself to, um, I think I had a script that would add me to every single uh, domain user, and don't ever do that, because if you think about it, if you've ever been in technology, sometimes people create scripts based on what group you're in, so if, you, if you're in a group, or if you trigger a specific, specific thing or script, um, it kicks off something, some kind of process. So, if I put myself in all of the groups, in all the all of the Active Directory, uh, that's usually not going to go well, because in some cases, there's groups in there that are like, disabled groups. Like, does it disable the users group or something like that? Um, I essentially kind of got lazy and I wanted to see what would happen if I could just add myself to all the groups and then see what happened if if I had uh, if I had access to, to whatever all these applications were. So, the idea um, is is that I let the script run and it kind of got wonky and I, I killed it. And this was about two days in the assessment. Generally speaking, under about 3,000 hosts or so. It starts to get pretty easy to compromise an entire network if it's Windows based and you've got no singular point of segmentation and you've got about three thousand or more hosts. <clears throat> it starts to get pretty easy. Things kind of go downhill pretty quickly. Not so much today. This was probably you know eight years ago or so. Um, so things go down hit quickly uh, after about the first day. You get your recon, you get your target boxes, you get your shells. Um, and then maybe after the second day or by the end of the first day, you're, you're pivoting around and your and or have domain admin by the second or third day. Um, usually, I, I usually get domain admin about the third day um, because that leaves me the rest of the week to um, kind of do some pilfering, right? Um, if you go too hot and heavy, you might get caught, right? So we're trying to compress an attacker's, uh, what an attacker would do over the course of a week. Maybe sometimes, if you're lucky, you get two weeks. So you're taking what an attacker would do, slow and steady and, and stealthy, and you're trying to spread that over the course of four days sometimes, and, and if you're lucky, a couple of weeks. 
So uh, what I thought was that I'd add myself to these domain groups and see what happened. Maybe I can get access to this Citrix crap. Um, do that. Don't have a whole lot of success. And then all of a sudden I noticed that my, my account is is uh, been disabled or something like that. Um, and I use legitimate credentials from a different user to actually give myself domain admin. So I said, okay, that's, that's funny, hilarious. Let me just give myself, reactivate my account or um, re-add my account as domain admin. So at this point, I realized that somebody had real, realized what I was doing and that they were, they had visibility into what was going on. Uh, after the engagement, what I realized is that they were, they had alert scripts set up for, for Active Directory, but they didn't have alert script for a domain admin. So essentially when I added myself to, you know, Sally or accounting managers group or whatever, um, that is actually what triggered the alert because they weren't watching for new domain admins. Which was kind of funny because they, they, they're like, oh, we got rid of it and we killed them the first day. And I was like, well, I had domain admin for like three days before, two or three days before you guys actually detected me. Um, so that was kind of interesting and fun. Um, what actually happened, the client, uh, was would she said she would walk by the my cube and just be in utter awe and dismay that I was sitting there for, you know, two or three, four days um, and not being caught or asked questioned or escorted or whatever. Um, it ended up being, I don't think I ever got caught the, that first time. Um, and I don't know how much, how much time we're on here. Let me look. We're at 12 minutes, so I'm maybe going over another 15 minutes. So I, I don't think I ever got caught, uh, when I, I went the first time around. Um, I got that domain admin, I kind of pilfered a little bit, I never got access to the data that I wanted to get access, the student records and all that stuff, I did find some websites and had uh, some database access to some of that information, but I, I never could pilfer and get kind of proof of concept going for or what that was, but generally speaking, usually you can log in and, you know, log into the CFO's email or somebody important's email and show their email, and that actually shows more impact than actually getting to the data. Um, that, that will scare most people. So between those two things, generally if you go straight domain admin, people aren't really going to understand that. They're not going to understand the impact unless they see, like, you know, Bob's email and, like, oh, Bob's super important. He's, you know, his email is important, where that's not really what's important. What's important is the access that you have through domain admin, but that's how you can easily show impact. So anyways, I, I've got domain admin. I've got access to everything. And I think that's, that pretty much ended that engagement. Um, I did my, my normal write-up and uh, pretty standard, you know, access to one box, uh, to pivot to another and move laterally around the network and then go from there. So pretty, pretty cut and dry. So fast forward a year later, excuse me, trying not to get hit here in the car. Um, fast forward a year later, I have the same engagement set. They want me to do the same thing. And I don't know... Yep, I, I remember this one. It, and they all kind of blend together after a while. So the second time around, um, I ended up not in a meeting room, but I ended up somewhere else. They had, uh, they had like full disk encryption, I think, with uh, Symantec or some other piece of software. Um... And I tried to, it wasn't full disk encryption, it was like signing of particular binaries through Symantec, some kind of Symantec tool. 
So if you modified any of the binaries in a, uh, it wasn't encrypted, the disk wasn't encrypted, but if you modified any of the binaries inside of uh, like the system folder or something like that, so if you did the sticky keys bypass to get a command prompt shell, it would say, oh, I can't boot, no more, no, no bad, 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 uh, bad doggy, no donut. And you would uh, get like blue screen basically, and you would get screwed. And eventually, that computer ended up fixing itself. But I think I found a workstation in like a meeting room um, to to hijack, potentially try to hijack credentials off of it. Um, and that's when I discovered this Symantec piece of Symantec technology that was kind of like signed binary checking thing that would check from the boot from boot to see if it had you know been mangled with. Um, I don't really understand why you would do that and not just go full disk encryption and be done with it. But anyways, uh, we, we had that set up. Um, so I was able to get past the badge system like again before, same building. Um, and I was able to get access to a, a system, but I wasn't able to get uh, root to it or anything because of those that signing stuff. I may have gotten access to it a different way, but I don't think I did. Um, I left that conference room I trolled in there for a while, I think, until I got kicked out. So I, I trolled in there for a while, and eventually that system ended up fixing itself. Uh, the client told me that somehow I didn't fix itself, or maybe somebody, somebody else fixed it. So I, I get kicked out of that conference room, I think, and I end up in one of those, what they call them, pods, which is essentially a little, you know, if, uh, if a contractor is working, they'll, they'll sit in these little pods, and it's usually like a really tiny cube, like a third of a cube with a phone, a network jack, and then like some, some level of privacy where you can close a door slide a slide or whatever um i ended up in one of these and it was actually fairly close to the um i remember it was fairly close to the front entrance of the the administration building of the the technical school this was and um you know i i don't know if she ever came by or anything like that but the the lady uh, uh you know i think i talked to her and said i was there for security and stuff and um had pointed out uh that you know, I, I would be sitting over in this pod of, and she, you know, asked me if I ever need anything or whatever, and nobody bothered to, to check my credentials, at least at this time. So this was the second time around. Sitting on site, doing my thing, kind of pilfering around, kind of running Nessus, and about midday, day one, day two, um, I, I had a gentleman stop by and just kind of peek his head in, and he's like, blah, blah, blah. And that was when I got caught. And talking with him, I realized that that's, he's basically the reason he got hired is because of the assessment we did the year prior. So I, I was wondering why I didn't have all this low-hanging fruit sitting out there. You know, there usually there was a, you know, if you run MMAP on someone that's not really taking security or Nessus on, or any vulnerability scanner on somebody that's not really taking security seriously, you'll get this low-hanging fruit and it will always be there. It will always be one system on the network that has that low-hanging fruit. Unless you got somebody that's competent and that has the, the, the skills and tool sets and support they need to, to squash out any of that low-hanging fruit stuff. So I noticed none of this low-hanging fruit that was there before. You know, I had like two or three MSA with six sevens. I had probably some default logins here and there. And none of my old stuff worked. You know, the old passwords I had probably didn't work. And I was like, this is weird. Like, why why have they fixed all this stuff? This is not normal for, for most people to actually fix things with an environment. So what I did was, is, uh, after he stopped by, I said, yeah, you got me, you know, blah, blah, blah. 
I'm here to do a security assessment, you know, here's the get out of jail card, and he's like, well, I don't know what to do, like, uh, blah, 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 and I'm like, I don't know what to do, it's your job, like, what's your process, so he escorts me out, and um, I still have a copy of the get out of jail card, and I do whatever, um, and I think at some point in time, um, there, the, the, the actual campus, school campus with students was the, the secondary target, or a secondary target, um, but I actually ended up going back in to try to get a t-shirt from the client. And I, of course I social engineered my way back in and I'm walking down the hallway and they're like, here he is again. Here's that guy again. And they go and like escort me out of the building again. The, the same, the same, uh, the client escorted me back out of the building after being caught a second time, uh, trying to get a shirt. And that was my excuse is that I was like, Hey, I'm trying to get a shirt. So when I go to the thing, um, and of course I was met with some, a little bit of hostility, uh, given that they had already escorted me out of the building once. Um, but I, I tried to get a shirt. I never did get a shirt. So here I am trying to go to the school campus with the, for the second time, well, uh, well for the third time, essentially, this will be the third time that they've been attacked by a third party, uh, consulting firm. So, um, I recon during the day. And then I eventually, this might have been the second week I was there. I might have not done this all in one week. It might have been one week. But I go to the school. I walk around my book bag. I can't find anywhere to set up. Um, there's a little tech lab. I walk in the tech lab. I try to, you know, there's a computer lab with a guy, literally a guy walking around. Um, uh, I call him a goon. Anybody that's going to try to catch you is a goon. So the goon's walking around kind of watching his students and kind of creeping me out. So I bail out of there. I didn't really see anything super interesting. I think they were logged in with some kind of default login, but it didn't have admin, and it was kind of like a kiosk, and there wasn't a whole lot of fruit there. And the guy just honestly weirded me out. So I didn't like. I don't like anybody of authority sitting around me. I wanted to be a bunch of bunch of people that aren't that aren't gonna ask me any questions or why I'm there. So I wandered around, wandered around, and eventually finding a room that was kind of off into the corner that had a desktop. Um, that had a desktop that was plugged into the wall. And now this desktop, I think, if I remember correctly, they had port monitoring on. And um, what you can do with port monitoring is what most people do, is they'll do it MAC address based. Um, they won't use certificates as sell certificates. They'll do like MAC address based. So they'll assign you know, a MAC address to They'll sign a port on a switch to a MAC address, and maybe only two devices can be on that switch, so your phone and your computer. So if you go to Walmart, buy a new computer, plug it into the port, it's going to kick you off because that, that or not allow you on the network at a minimum, um, because that MAC address is not whitelisted. So there, there's two methods you can do this. You can actually plug in that exact computer to your computer and instantly the computer will try to talk to your computer um, over a link table or nowadays you only have to do a link cable you can just plug in a regular ethernet cable into into your laptop fire up wireshark and you'll see the mac address of the computer that's trying to access the internet and so you can look on the back of the computer sometimes they'll have the mac address on there but for simplicity's sake I, I always just plug it directly into the back of my computer and then when it tries to get DHCP if it tries to get an IP address for me I can see the MAC address that it's requesting and all that good stuff so what I'll do is I will unplug keep that cable unplugged from the, the desktop and I will take that MAC address and use it to get on the network so I've essentially hijacked the identity um, that's not signed or encrypted or whatever of that system um, to, to masquerade as that interface.
So I plug in. Um, I think I actually ended up using the desktop itself. Um, and I have a bootable USB stick. Um, now I've got a solid state 128 gig uh, bootable Ubuntu um, uh, or Debian, a Debian build with uh, portable PTF uh, pen testing framework. It's kind of like Kali, but you can build it yourself and you don't have to worry about repos getting all jacked up. So um, that's what I use now. But this, at the time, I had like a portable backtrack or maybe it was a Kali or whatever it is at, at that time. So I boot up to that with all my tools and all my VMs. Um, and I was using the, I was, think I was using the actual workstation itself. Um, and I think I pulled off, I pulled the credentials off of it and cracked them. Or somehow I was able to, um, I think because of the disk wasn't encrypted, I was able to somehow um, uh, run binaries uh, on that system. Um, I want to say I did in-map some Nessus stuff through there or some basic scans. Uh, what I wanted to do is get uh, credentials. So I think I was trying to crack the credentials of that workstation um, through Windows and booting it off of a third-party uh, application and dumping the registry and then trying to crack those uh, that registry or trying to crack the hash for that, that username offline, if I remember correctly. And again, this is years and years ago. The funny part is, let me get to the funny part of the story. Um... I was sitting in there kind of by myself and I just kind of got lazy. I, I had been, I had logged in as, um, I had added myself as an, as a local administrator. And what you can find in some instances is you can find that other processes run when the computer is started. So for example, there might be an ex, a user that run the local admin user that's running some kind of process or maybe some other process is jacked into your, uh, maybe it's a monitoring service that runs as system, you know, some kind of system or administrator user. And I think I was using, trying to use dump credentials, plain text credentials for some reason, into um, into the system to to try to either pass them, pass the hashes somewhere or something like that. Um, so I, uh, I ended up copying uh, the binary from the Windows system for Windows Credential Editor, which is kind of like Mimikatz, but same thing. Um, and then what I ended up doing was, uh, excuse me, triggering the AV. So about, I would say, 30 minutes after I triggered the AV, some cat comes in there. I think it's an older guy, and he was like the owner, the runner of that class. So he was the the, the teacher that taught in that class or that workout room or whatever, breakout room. Um, and he came in, he's like, hey, you know, what are you doing here <laughs> in my room on my workstation? And I gave him some BS that I was, you know, I was just, I was the IT guy and then I was installing some kind of something wrong with his AV, giving him some BS. So he disappears for a minute and I'm not feeling super warm and fuzzy. I should have bugged out um, in hindsight when I, when I, whatever, but I'm not the biggest fan of like, you know, kind of run around and make everybody crazy. Um, generally, if I get caught, I'll just kind of slowly just kind of let people know and say, hey, try to make feel, people feel comfortable, and I don't want to run around in circles and hide in bathrooms and make people crazy to try to find me. Um, but uh, he came back shortly after and said, look, you know, I'm talking to my IT guy. He says you're not supposed to be here, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he stays with me and is asking me all these questions, and I let him know basically what I'm, who I'm with. And I'm trying to – I think I'm still at this point. Um, I haven't really used my get-out-of-jail card yet. 
so at this point, I, uh, I'm kind of, I've kind of given up or, or realized the assessments isn't really going anywhere. I think I had credentials, hash credentials from the actual machine itself. And then I don't, I don't even think I'd gotten access to anything really. Um, I went a little bit too noisy too quickly because there was actually a kid on the other end that was responding to the AV alerts, which nobody really does. Um, usually there's dashboards for AV, but nobody actually responds to like someone downloading it. Excuse me. This was years ago, but someone downloading a virus or something. Um, not a whole lot of people do that, especially larger uh, infrastructures and clients. So, kid comes in, you know, he's, you know, probably can't be more than 20 years old. Uh, comes in and it's like, you know, trying to figure out what's going on. I let him know and give him the get out of jail card and all that stuff. And, you know, he's like, I don't know what to do. So says, you follow the process, escort me out of the building, all that. I bail, take a quick break, get, grab some dinner, whatever. And then I decide that I'm going to go back to try to try to find, either go back to that same place or try to find a, a better place to, to hang out at, out with and try and try and get some 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 better some better fruit. So this is late. I mean the lights are out, uh, sun's down. Uh, so I park in the parking lot. Had no problems. Uh, start walking into the building and I make it like two turns into the building and this dude that's like six feet tall, um, six or seven feet, just massive dude, just wide and tall. Uh, is wearing the goon shirt, it's like a black goon shirt, and he walks up and he's like, he says something, whatever, to the point where it is, he's like looking at me, and like pointing towards the door, and telling me to like, that I need, you know, if I don't have a shirt, or if I don't have an ID, I need to get out, um, they had, they had, I guess they had identified me, and, and told people that to look out for me, and had goons patrolling always, because I did not make it very far at all, um, and I was not met with friendly, uh, friendly, uh, anything, so anyways, um, that one was pretty fun, because I felt like, uh, I felt like I got, I got, I made a change, I made a difference, and people, people cared enough to, to fix the problems that I, that we had articulated during our assessment, so, um, you know, that was one example, one of many examples where we did some assessments for clients, and they actually fixed things, and that, that kind of makes, makes you feel good at the end of the day, that you made a, you made a real change somewhere, um, because they hired the security guy who's like super into security. Um, so I think that's pretty much it. I think I ended up going that same day or the day before I ended up trying to go to the accounting level of the administration building. And that might've been before I completely got escorted out, I think. Um, so I, I go to this this level which all the accounting people are on, and they're all they're all like close knit apparently. So I go in there and I do my full my whole phone trick, and somebody asked me if I need anything. I said no, I'm just waiting for somebody else. You know, blah blah. blah. And they're like, who are you with? I'm like, oh, I'm the consulting company KPMG. Blah blah blah. So she disappears. I don't have the warm fuzzies. Um, I kind of I think I'm okay at that point. Um, so then I'm sitting in the room and she comes back and she's like, you know, you need to like figure out what's going on. You know, what, you can't really be here. This is like the accounting floor, super important. So I said, Hey, okay. You know, I'm on the phone with her now. Let me, let me figure out what's that. Maybe he's on the other side of the building. I, I don't know. He says he's here. So I go to the other side of the building and I camp out. Um, I actually end up grabbing credentials from somebody that didn't lock their workstation. So, um, using a USB ducky, um, I think I launched a payload on that system. 
and I had an interpreter shell on that uh, on that box particular system, if I remember correctly. Um, so I'm sitting there trying to you know escalate privileges and move laterally and like don't make it, drop creds and all that stuff, trying to figure out what AB's on there. Um, so I'm I've got an active shell, and then out of the corner of my eye, I see this woman like just hauling ass down the down the cubes and she's like running and I noticed that it's the same woman that had asked me if I needed anything and that she was getting kind of kerfuffled so I think what happens is she came around the corner or something and saw me in somebody's cube or saw me in a different cube um, and like banging on the keyboard she's like who the heck is this guy so she finally she runs down the hallway and grabs her manager or whatever and none of this is the actual client contact. They're they're on the first floor, and I'm on like the first, fourth floor where all the accounting people are. So none none of these people have any clue as what's going on. So they finally come over with like two girls, uh, two ladies come over. They they kind of ask me what's going on and why am I here? And that's when I said, okay, I'm here for an assessment. Here's my get out of jail card. Blah 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 blah. Um, and I think that was kind of funny because just to watch her like hauling it down the hallway, trying to figure out who the hell heck I am and why I'm there and what to what to do um, was kind of interesting um, but that's pretty much the story there I might uh, depending on the feedback and if you guys find it interesting or if you find that I can't tell stories very well because I have ADD um, let me know and uh, I've got probably three or four more decent ones pretty pretty good ones that are that, that can be pretty funny and as I as I do these if the, if it comes out to be whatever I can think of the ones that are that are that can be quite quite hilarious with backstories and all that stuff too um so let me know if you uh if you if you're into it yeah if you're not or if you have any constructive criticism about the storyline I know it's kind of all over the place um it kind of comes to me as I as I talk about it because I haven't uh, talked about it or thought about some of these engagements in probably eight years or so. So anyways, let me know if you have any uh, input and uh, put some comments in the, the show notes if you want to see more of this or if you want some constructive criticism or if you think this is just a horrible idea and that um, this is not fun at all. But I, I heard the Dartnick Diaries and some really funny stories about that and obviously this one's not as funny as, as, as interesting but it's still an interesting story uh, nevertheless. Anyways, I uh, hope you guys enjoy it, and uh, I'll probably do a couple more of these before um, I'll, I'll, I'll stop and let you guys give, you, give us some feedback. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.